the boy has asked me out via Kinder Surprise Puzzle, which means he very carefully opened chocolate eggs till he found a puzzle, wrote the, wrote the message on the puzzle, and then very carefully melted the egg edges back together and rewrapped it. Welcome back to Under Our Roof. Hello. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Grace. And this is our podcast about living a simple gay old life at home. We're so happy to have you with us. Yeah, we have a few things to catch up on. And then on this episode, we're going to be reading some of your crush reveals Mm -hmm. or ways that you've uh, told people that you had feelings for them, which was so fun to hear all of them. I got so many good stories. And by the way, if you follow Grace and you don't follow me, that's completely fine but a lot of <laughs> but a lot of times I'm the one that's kind of like organizing uh podcast type stuff on my Instagram so if you don't know what I'm talking about it's just because I was doing it on mine in in general what I would say is if you are a listener to under our roof and you're only following one of us you you probably are just getting like half the <laughs> behind the scenes content of what happens this at is home. genuinely not it's not i'm not yeah, and you can I'm, choose you yeah can, i mean you might like be like oh grace is too weird on her instagram <laughs> stories or something i need more of that sweet sweet lizzie fruits and veggie content <laughs> or you could be like lizzie screw you and your fruits and veggie content it's boring i hate it i want to go back home <laughs> no lizzie i'm messing with <laughs> that you. that was a dig i know i'm sorry i'm just saying that that's no, someone no, no. would think that and it would be fine if they did all of this to say if you're listening and you're like hey i had a great crush reveal story where when was I going to be asked about it? I asked about it on my Instagram story, and if you missed it, no big deal. And I'm going to be doing more of these. And we also might look into like um, under our roof social media. I think right now with a lot of different things we have going on, it feels a little overwhelming to like manage another social media account. But it's on our minds. But yeah, we are looking for ways to kind of streamline. And so stay tuned. Who knows? Well, what I will say also is that there is a similar discord and I'll put the link to that in our show notes. And in the similar discord, I've noticed that there's a page for under our roof discussion. So I'll I'll link that in the episode for today if maybe that's something people are interested in. Yeah. And I did get some good feedback. We mentioned starting an under our roof discord a couple episodes ago, and I got a few emails of people saying they'd be really interested in that. So that's also potentially in the works as well, Mm -hmm. as we'll kind of get to in the catch up. We've been a little overwhelmed, to be honest. This is just a very packed, jam-packed season of life for us. Um, But we love making this podcast, and we're really excited to expand the ways to connect with people who listen and also help the people who listen connect with each other. Yeah, I mean, I think that this podcast and hanging out with y'all and doing this every week is one of the best parts of being busy. Yes. You know, like, I I love it. I love it so much, too. And I think that we really wanted to find ways of connecting with people and doing something that felt authentic for us. And I knew that that wasn't a YouTube channel. I don't know why I knew that. I just knew in my bones it wasn't going to be for me. And we'd kind of been bopping around the idea of doing a podcast. And it's just been so rewarding doing this every week. And we could go on and on forever. But what I really want to talk about, and I'm sure what you're waiting for us to mention, is Ted Cruz going to Cancun. (laughs) (laughs) I have to get into this off the top of the show. I Truly cannot believe how horrendous of a politician uh, Mr. Ted Cruz revealed himself to be. I mean, I think we've always known him to be this way, but I literally had to check 
multiple sources you didn't to make believe sure. It. I didn't believe it. I saw Although, a TikTok. I woke up in the morning and I saw a TikTok that Ted Cruz had fled the situation in Texas. And also I found some mutual aid funds if you're looking to help what's going on in Texas right now with the pipes and with the freezing Yeah, we'll link that in the we'll show notes as well. link that in the well. show notes as well. But I saw a TikTok and I couldn't, I was like, this is a joke. He didn't actually fly to Cancun. I know it was a little iffy, like a few people or a few outlets rather were reporting like, oh, this is unverified. The photos are unverified. Mm-hmm. But I kind of knew. Yeah, I mean, I just knew it was him when I saw the photos. But actually, there has been a little misinformation because I saw this tweet going viral. And I honestly thought it was fake from the minute I saw it, which was the whole like, um, I'll believe in climate change when Texas freezes over. Did mm-hmm. you see a lot of people posting that? And it was shown to be false. It was fake. Yeah. I knew it was fake. Yeah. It just, I saw so many people posting it and I was like, this, there's no way this is real, but I didn't have time to dig myself. And then like a few hours later, sure enough, it turned out to be fake. So do be careful before you repost things. But I knew the photos of him were real as soon as I saw them. The audacity of this guy, I just, I don't know. It just feels like something from a TV show. But then again, all of 2020 and 2021 just feels as though we're in this hellscape of a timeline. And you hope that it breeds compassion and empathy, maybe a depth of understanding in people who had been ignorant to certain issues prior. And yet, you know, then you see Ted Cruz flying off to Cancun and for, like Liz, and then he blames it on his daughters. I know. That, it just kept going and going this whole week. I just feel like it's been in between me doing interviews about Preacher's Kid and working on different things to promote the EP and different projects that we have going on at home. And then alternatively refreshing Twitter and for some reason just being like, I cannot believe that this that this guy is holding elected office. But then you have to look at also, of course, like voter suppression in Texas, the Republican stronghold that Texas has become. But I think we might be sort of watching it crumble in real time because of the failed policies that are being showcased. Anyway, that's that's kind of tangential. I just wanted to get that off my chest. I'm sure that some of you were watching it as well. For some reason, it just like fascinated me in the worst way. I just couldn't believe how awful of a person he is he wouldn't have been doing anything that helpful in texas anyway it's just the fact that like he's telling on himself yeah he he messed up so badly that now we can at least all also chuckle at the memes about him needing to know if the coco guitars were real (laughs) (laughs) yeah just our friend also um made a letter a fake letter statement on behalf of like ted cruz's daughters yeah um, that he blamed the trip on. And I don't know. It's just been like kind of funny in a week that has just felt so dire and desperate. Well, in a way, it reminds me of the whole Four Seasons Total Landscaping thing. Yes. Like things like that. Yeah, like Ted Cruz leaving is hurting people because it is, he needs to be there for his state and people are dying. Like there, Kim, there's literally people dying. Right. It's yeah. That kind of feeling of like you need to get it together. But it also has a touch of the Four Seasons Total Landscaping thing where it's just like schadenfreude of am i saying that right i am the wrong person to ask but you know what i'm talking about like that feeling of just like ooh, like you really messed up i actually saw something that was like don't worry like it's the ritz carlton total landscaping right that they went to i forgot that they were going to the ritz carlton in cancun Mm -hmm. it just the more like the more layers you peel back the more It's the expression that you always say. He's just telling on himself. We've always sort of known who he was, Mm -hmm. I think, through his uh, policies, through um, how he – his participation in the insurrection. But I think this situation 
like, come on, you just totally showed your ass. And in a strange way, I think it's oddly validating because again, because he hasn't seen any accountability or shown any sort of sympathy for his role in January 6th. And so for all this like coming after that, it is sort of I think I'm saying that German word, right? It's that like schoidenfrata. Like you kind of love to see it and you hate to see it, but you love to see it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay, Okay, this episode is not, yeah, we need to move on. I'm going to edit that down a lot because we do not need to be talking about Ted Cruz as much as we just did. He's not worth it. He's not worth it. He's not worth it. We are going to be moving on to an episode about love. If you've been keeping up with the podcast, you know that for the month of February, we've been focusing on loving yourself, finding new friends, loving other people, perhaps making connections through the spreadsheet and through our, uh, our what was it, Valentine's extravaganza. Yeah, which, by the way, this is a reminder that if you're hearing this on Monday, February 22nd, or anytime this week, this is the last week for the spreadsheet. So I don't want people's information to be just hanging out in perpetuity online. So I'm going to take the spreadsheet down on March 1st. So shoot your shot. Go check it out. And it's not too late to email me. If this is if you're hearing this in February, it's not too late to email me for a profile if you liked what you heard on episode 21. Yes. Yeah. And perhaps you might take away some uh, tips or some inspiration from the episode that we're doing today. Lizzie, can you tell us what they're going to be hearing? Yeah. Tell okay, us what they're so- going to win. <laughs> You're going to win. Knowledge. Knowledge. Uh, inspiration. Okay, so Grace had this idea for an episode about telling someone that you have romantic feelings for them. Or I guess it could be a spectrum, but we're mostly focusing on romantic feelings. Uh, just the idea of like, okay, you have a crush. How do you tell that person? And I mean, one classic way is to ask them on a date. But also, number one, I know like if you're um, younger, a lot of times you're in school with people and you're hanging out a lot, maybe as friends, or you're hanging out in school, and it's not like really the time to ask someone on a date, that, and also it's hard to ask people to hang out in person right now because of the panorama. Yeah, and pandemonium. Yeah, so because of that, we thought it'd be fun to just talk about like good old-fashioned crush reveals. Yeah. And so I asked for stories on my Instagram, and I got a ton of really good ones. I actually categorized them into kind of like different themes because there were some patterns. Well, what I want to say is a question that we receive a lot in our inbox, which by the way, you can always email us at underourroofpod at gmail.com. And while you're doing that, why not just rate, review, and subscribe to this (laughs) podcast? We haven't plugged that in a minute. So if you have if not already, we would really appreciate that. A question that we receive is, how do I know if someone likes me? I'm going through something with my friend right now or with someone new in my life, and I just can't really tell what the vibe is. And so what we wanted to do for this last episode of Love Month is empower you to perhaps reveal your own feelings to the person rather than try and sleuth out the clues mm-hmm. from another party you can, you know, take some of the power into your own hands and reveal your feelings to them. And I know that that's a really scary thing to do. And we are certainly not the experts on this. So we reached out to y'all and you wrote Mm -hmm. in with some uh, tips and stories. And I actually haven't heard any of these yet, but Lizzie sorted through them. I wanted to keep them secret from Grace because I wanted to get your live reactions. keeping secrets from each other. (laughs) That's a key to marriage. It's just secrets just piling up. No, not secret, but like I just wanted to manage them and not show 
show you so I can get your live reaction on the podcast. And also, I will say these stories are just so fun, too. So if you're in a relationship and you are not planning on making any crush reveals anytime (laughs) soon, I think you'll still really like this episode because there's just like cute stories. And even the stories that it didn't work out, which there are many of those. And I think we should absolutely share those, too, because that's such a common experience. Mm -hmm. There's still like I didn't get a single story that was like, I really wish that I hadn't shared my feelings like every single person was like i'm really glad i was brave and shared my feelings i love that me too before we actually get into it let's talk a little bit about like when you and i have shared our romantic feelings or like i just thought we we could start with that i feel like everybody that wrote in has better stories than i do because mine were kind of more like meandering than a straightforward like hey i have feelings for you Mm -hmm. i actually don't know if i've ever straight up done that And I think part of it is just because I have, like, an uncommon – well, somewhat uncommon path of meeting my now spouse when I was still in school and, like, you know, 21. So I just haven't had as many opportunities to Mm -hmm. tell people I have feelings for them. But I have had tons of crushes in my life and I have had tons of, like, little, you know, flings or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like usually – and again, I was so young. Like, this is, like, age – 15 to 21 was my only time really of like dating and being out in the world and so because of that they're kind of a little less mature maybe because of that but like in my past I have been a fan of the just letting the tension run wild oh yeah we love the gay tension (laughs) yeah so until you know something (laughs) just happens or like you make a move on each other I feel like often that's how it was like I'm thinking back in high school and stuff and beyond and it was usually like constant hanging out like physical proximity that was so unnecessary like having a conversation while you're like literally right beside each other like your cheeks are practically touching oh yeah and then you just like end up making out or whatever Mm -hmm. that was like a common thing not as mature in terms of like not saying your feelings because Mm -hmm. you were like too scared to say your feelings but you would end up like kissing or something and then I mean, with you and I, I feel like the way that I knew for sure that you liked me is when you wrote me a letter. And that was, it wasn't a letter, but like a little note. It was a note. Yeah, Yeah. a note. Um, And that's one of the common ways that like people wrote in about too. But so I graduated college before Grace, even though I'm actually younger. Yeah. But Grace. It's bad at math. <laughs> no, Grace transferred a couple of times in and college. And bad at math. Okay. So you <laughs> had to do more semesters than I did? More math. <laughs> I did. I literally had to do more math. Yeah. So anyway, I was graduating and you wrote me like a congratulations card for graduation. Mm-hmm. And on the card, you were like, because you were planning on moving to L.A., in a few months after you finished your math and then (laughs) and i was planning on moving to berkeley yeah and both california so you said if you're ever in la i'd love to take you out to dinner yeah and i just thought that was like so romantic and old-fashioned i signed my full name yes grace baldridge and i asked you about that later and you were like well i didn't know like what i know how many notes you were getting I wanted you to make sure if there was another Grace giving you a note, I wanted to make sure that you knew this one was from Grace Baldridge. Yes. You knew. I'm surprised I didn't put like my full address and like phone number on there just to like make sure. I think I did put I, my phone no, number. No, I already had your phone oh, number, okay. which was through like mutual friends. I can't believe I, I did give my full name just being like, I just want to make sure she knows if she finds this one later. This is Grace Baldridge. You can find me on Facebook.com. <laughs>
I did some crush revealing through songs. Oh, so I would that's send people um, either a song that I had written for them, which, oh my gosh, the suspense. Talk about gay tension. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, waiting to hear back. Oh my gosh. I remember one time like sending like an MP3 file of a song that I'd written about this girl with like her name in the song mm-hmm. and feeling like just refreshing my email all night. Aww, until, over email? Over email, yeah, to see like what her response was. Mm-hmm. And her response was something like, this is really lovely. Like you have a really lovely voice. And then she was like, what do other people think about the song? And I was like, I don't, bitch, I don't care what other people think about the song. I care what you think about the song. Um, (laughs) So I've done that before. And then also, like, sending songs, like, not songs that I've written, but sending a song that's, like, clearly, you know how it is when you come across a song that, like, really identifies something that you're going through with that person, like, feels Mm -hmm. like it's written about that specific situation, sending it to them and being like, I heard this and thought of you or something. Mm -hmm. And I've also had people do that to me before. I had a girl send me a song and being like, you should read the lyrics. Yeah. And then being like, oh, and it kind of clicks. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's it's a form of poetry. And sometimes other people can phrase what's on your heart even better than you feel you could have written it out. And they've set it to music as well. So those are things that I've uh I've done and then also i just really want to echo the just letting that gay tension simmer i mean there would be some times where you're just like i you know just like just sitting on like a couch and you're like okay like come this is not a normal two friends watching tv on a couch like we Mm -hmm. must recognize something is occurring (laughs) here and then also in some ways feeling so stuck and frozen yeah like what are we going to do? Like, what what are we going to do with this gay tension? So I'm I'm interested to hear from these stories of maybe people who have been in that mm-hmm. situation who can help us out. Yeah. Okay, let's start actually with the sending a song, which, by the way, I did as well. And I had, like, I remember this girl sent me, I think it's the Veronica's. And it's like, I want to spend the night with you. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. that song? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so sending a song or making a playlist was a common one. Yes, that's what the kids are doing now. They make Spotify playlists. This one's so cute. I wanted to start with it. So this is people we know, but I didn't get anyone's permission to use names and stuff. So I'm just going to assume that I don't have permission to use anyone's name. So I'm Mm -hmm. leaving all names out. So if I leave your name out of something... It's just because I don't know if I'm allowed to. Yeah. But yeah, these are people we know. And she says, I told blank, quote, this feels big cosmic and sent a very good playlist of my very favorite song. That's so sweet. I know. Oh, my gosh. It's so cute. I was like, that is perfect. Um, But there's a bunch of playlist type ones. So like this person says, uh, my girlfriend, I guess they mean now girlfriend, dropped hints because she put the Ezra Furman song, I Want to Be Your Girlfriend, in my playlist. (gasps) Oh, so there was already another playlist that they. I guess maybe they had like a shared playlist and they added it. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so this person says um, she actually asked me early on when we were talking if I was flirting with her or just joking and being friendly. I was, of course, flirting. (laughs) It was a bit after that that we made playlists for each other, and I screenshotted the Ezra Furman song "I Want to Be Your Girlfriend" that she put in my playlist. This is a different person, but the same song. Really? Oh my gosh, Ezra Furman is doing a lot for the gays. Yeah. Oh, no, it's actually the same person. Never mind. It's the same person. Ezra Furman is doing a lot for this but person. But I think there was someone else that mentioned way. it, too. Yeah. Um, and they're like coming Ezra. up on eight months. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think this is the same song. This is a different person. I sent her the song, I Want to Be Your Girlfriend, which I think is the Ezra Furman thing. Or maybe they're the couple. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about wonder, it, like maybe that's oh my the couple gosh, that wrote maybe. in. Like we got, we're getting two sides of the same story. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this person says via mixtape. There you go. Like we got a bunch of responses like that. So okay, sweet. so that seems like a theme. That seems yeah. like a method that we can recommend if you are catching feelings for someone, perhaps explore the idea of making them a playlist. Or if you want to get a little arts and craftsy DIY, you can make them a mixtape. I yeah. don't know where you would find a hard drive to burn a CD in this economy, <laughs> but if you can, you know, try and figure that out or a tape player, mm-hmm. just send them a all tape the would hardware. Be yeah. Very cool, but difficult. Makes me think of 13 Reasons Why, but that's a very different Very context. different reason for a tape, yeah. Yeah. Didn't know I was a trip to be around Till the chiropractor said stop looking down You're gonna feel it when you're old And you're a text and I keep Oh, I was gonna move on to letters Because I feel like mm-hmm. that's kind of similar to playlists In the sense that it's like something sort of tangible That you're right. like presenting to them Yeah, this person says Wrote a letter because we didn't live in the same city And we used to send each other care packages it's cute. This person says, my now husband hid a sweet note in my jacket pocket for me to find later, and then I returned the favor by hiding a note for him. We've been together five and a half years, and I will still find small love notes hidden in my clothes regularly. I love that. That's such a good idea. Okay, so wait, wait. So to go back to that story, mm-hmm. it was before they were dating, her now husband slid a note in her jacket, yeah, sort I of don't revealing have, his feelings. I assume so. I don't have all the context from that message, but it sounds like, yeah, like it started, the relationship right. started by Notes. slipping a letter in her jacket pocket. I think that's really cute. I know. I do too. A letter, I that's like one of my love languages is just yeah. writing things down. Well, because I think you can get, I, I, at least I know that I have felt very tongue-tied in certain situations when and you're overwhelmed with feelings mm-hmm. and just feeling just I, I have no idea what to do or what to say. But if you can give yourself the the blessing that is time to consider and sit with your yeah. thoughts a little bit, you might be able to write something down that feels the most honest, even perhaps more honest than what might come out of your mouth spur of the moment because you're mm-hmm. just so sort of flustered. So I think that a, a letter and putting something down on paper is a great method and and sort of having it sent to them in a unique way, whether it's, you know, through mail, which is so unique. I mean, that's groundbreaking, revelatory. <laughs> no, I mean, but, you know, hiding it in a special place that mm-hmm. they could find at their, in, on, on their own pace. I know. It is really sweet. And it's kind of the antithesis of the, like, you up text. Like, you know what I mean? It kind of, Not that there's... Honestly, there's a time and a place there's for a the you up, up text. Like, don't get and me wrong. And there's probably someone who responded, like, how did you reveal your feelings to your crush? And, they, and what if someone responded and they were like, I said, you up at 3 a.m.? They were, and we've been up together ever since. <laughs> Nobody said that, but I would love that if they did. I bet it has. Oh, I'm sure that's happened. No doubt. But, okay, another letter one. This person says, this is how someone told them. Mm-hmm. Growing up in my conservative Christian and Baptist family, my girlfriend and I had to be super discreet when we started having feelings for each other. She gave me a letter and said, don't open this in front of your mom. <laughs> Basically, the letter was a very well-written way that said, you're cool and I like you. I returned with a letter of my own, of course. We came out this fall and have been together a total of two years now. Love you too. Your awesome family music TikTok and the podcast 10 Aww. out of 10 from me. That's so nice. Thank you so much. And I, I, that's so sweet. That's really hard when you feel like you have this like burning letter that's like so secret because you can't even share it with your family but yeah. it definitely makes things very intense well it definitely makes for the the gay main character drama that you're currently living 
Yes. This person, similar, but didn't work out. Didn't work out, LOL. So maybe they're doing okay. Yeah. I wrote a four-page letter, very hopeless romantic style. I gave it to her and let her read it alone. And after she read it, we talked and we both felt the same way. But didn't work out. Hey, I mean, there. but at least you put yourself out there and you felt the same way for a time. Oh, man. This one's wrote her a letter type thing. And she was just like, no, heart. Even though she'd been... <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> Oh, even though she'd been flirting with me for literal months, and that's on internalized homophobia. That's exactly what that's on. That's yeah. exactly what that's on. Yeah. Well, let's end on with the letters. Let's end on a happy one, which is I wrote him a letter when we were 10. Eight years later, we started dating together since. Someone wrote a love letter when they were 10? Well, probably like a crush letter. Yeah, I know, but like I'm fifth just so grade, impressed. Like a fifth grade. I guess you're around that fifth grade. That is some courage for a 10-year-old. I know. There's a bunch more letter ones. I wish I could read all of them because they're really sweet so that's another method that seems mm-hmm. to have um have the cosign of other house guests if you are a house guest listening looking for another way of telling someone that you like them we have playlists and mixtapes and then also some old-fashioned letter writing yeah and i know that it can be scary to tell someone your feelings because you worry that it won't work out or it won't be reciprocated mm-hmm. so i actually have a whole collection of stories that people sent where it didn't work out but all of them are glad that they did it. So I wanted to read a few of those. Okay. Okay, so this person says, there's a good backstory to this, but recently told my roommate from grad school that I developed feelings for him when we lived together. I told him on New Year's Eve 2020, we lived together from 2015 to 2017. First, I said he was my best friend and that I tend to fall for my best friends. He was how I realized that I am bi. Like good friends do, he waited for me to finish telling him everything and reaffirmed that he still wanted to be there for me and very active in my life, even though the feelings are not reciprocated. Mm. Admitting these feelings to a straight person is a huge risk, yet I am so happy I took it. And I get it. Like, you sometimes, you might be like, you know what, there's no way that this is reciprocated. You never know for sure until you ask, but you're pretty sure, like, this is not going to be reciprocated. But it's just like, you still need to take the risk or you not that you have to, but mm-hmm. in your heart, if you feel like you do, and if you're lucky, then the person is gonna just you know say it's not reciprocated. But I don't want that to change anything. Yeah. And sometimes once you do that, it actually really helps you get over it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you have a crush on someone and you're like, there's no way this is reciprocated, but you don't know for sure, and that's almost what's like keeping you up at night is like, but what if? And then you're like, okay, I'm just going to find out for sure. And then if they say, you know, it's not mutual, then you can move on. Yeah, I remember at Elon, I had this strategy. I think I might have said it to you. I can't, not like a strategy, but it was, I mean, it is kind of a strategy to reveal that I was queer to people that I thought might, we like trying to catch what the vibe was basically so i would usually just casually in conversation when we'd be hanging out say something like oh like i i date girls or like i'm gay by Mm -hmm. the way i would say it really nonchalantly especially if it was someone where like it was not a friendship vibe and i'm like revealing to you like just so you know like i'm interested in you because i'm gay Mm -hmm. and i think that we could have something and then kind of giving them um, the out if they're not feeling gay feelings towards me, then now you know I'm gay and you can go about your merry way and that's totally fine. I had to have that on the table, if that makes sense. Like I just didn't, I, I early on, I think when I got started getting a little bit more comfortable with myself, we're talking like a little bit more comfortable with <laughs> myself. I just knew that like, I, I don't want you to think I'm straight. 
Like, yeah, you know, I just can't have you thinking that this is like a normal straight friendship because like we're hanging out all the time and like I'm gay and I could be interested in you, but I, I just need you to sort of know that. And then just seeing how people would respond. And sometimes like things worked out and other times people just sort of, you know, we kind of went our separate ways. That's not to say that like every single person I've come out to, I was like trying to see if they were <laughs> interested <laughs> in me. Like that's not to say that at all. But I'm just saying that in those situations where there have been, and if you're gay, you probably understand this, where you have friendships that are like not, they're like, they're friendships. It's like Disney Plus. It's like Friendships Plus, where it's like there's mm -hmm. a, it's a friendship, but there's there's something happening there, and you're not really sure exactly what it is. And so I would try and diffuse a little bit of that tension by just revealing that like. I'm not saying anything on your end, but I would like you to know that I'm gay. So if yeah. there is a tension here that you would like to resolve in a gay way, I would be open to that. <laughs> if there there's not, then whatever. Some people actually wrote in with something similar. Like oh, okay. they came out and that kind of like, like they came out to the person that they had feelings for and that like set everything in motion. Mm -hmm. I'll read a couple of those too, but I wanted to read one or two more. Like it didn't work out, but it's still good ones this one says so i'm in the ace spectrum and recently turned 18 so i had my first real crush only a year ago and of course i have had to be with a girl the gay vibes are immaculate <laughs> which is why it's such a wild story the girl is basically the friend of a friend of a friend but when we met we really clicked and literally every single one of our mutual friends agreed we had a special connection Ooh. and she also had told me she was bi so immediately my little queer heart and brain developed some strong feelings for her so i spent a couple of weeks spending so much time with her and giving her gifts and Aww. buying her ice cream, and I was so, so convinced she could like me back. Flash forward like a month, I gathered all of my courage, and while we were in class waiting for the teacher to arrive, I asked her if we could talk out in the hallway. I was trying my best to talk firmly and not fall flat on my face, literally and figuratively, so you can picture how awkward and nervous I was Aww. feeling. I was biding my time, stalling the moment of truth until I just looked at her dead in the eyes and blurted out, you may have noticed by now, but I really, 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 really like you, like you, like you. So awkward and yet so fierce. So fierce. She, she rejected me firmly, lol, and it shattered my hope so intensely. I regretted doing everything that I had done, but now I see that awkward yet fierce was the best way to do it. It was quickly over and we're still very good friends. Okay, I love that story. I know. It is like, you're in the moment, you're going to be like, that was so Awful. a huge mistake. Yeah. But once you have some perspective a little bit out, you'll be so glad you did it because like I was saying a minute ago... If you let yourself live with this fantasy for too long of like, well, what if they do like mm -hmm. me? But like, I'm not going to tell them I like them, but maybe they do like me. And then now you've spent like years of your life thinking this person might have a crush on you and maybe they don't. And that's okay. You know, mm -hmm. not everything is a love connection, but I think at a certain point it is really actually kind to yourself to like see where you stand. I think that's really what it comes down to is I think there's such a great kindness and honesty, even if it is sort of brutal honesty or honesty that about a situation that might not mm -hmm. go in your favor. There is a great kindness that you did to yourself in seeking out that answer mm -hmm. so that you can move forward knowing exactly who you are, where you stand. And also you kind of proved something to yourself. Yeah, you totally. Know, you really proved something to yourself, sticking up for yourself, advocating for your feelings. I think there's a huge lesson that I think it took me a while to learn, which is that you can heal after heartbreak. It took me a long time to feel like that was possible, but you can heal after heartbreak and you're going to get your heart broken in this life more often than not, you know, and that's okay. I mean, it's not okay. It feels awful. <laughs> it sucks. It really does. 
does, but that you can heal and that you can be better and stronger and more sure of yourself as a person. I would also just like to comment on the person that wrote in. You are a really great storyteller. I felt like mm-hmm. I was with you in that hallway. I know. My heart was fluttering. Yeah. Like, What's going to happen? Uh, yeah, there is something to be said for just ripping off the Band-Aid. And by the way, also, I think sometimes – I was going to say this towards the end, but this is kind of a good place to say it. Sometimes we – feel like by saying we have a crush on someone it's like inappropriate or like imposing in this way and i mean yeah it can be hard to have someone tell you that they have feelings for you if it's not mutual because that's a tough conversation but what i'm really inspired and like proud of anybody that's listening to our podcast who wrote in is that i didn't get a single story about someone like making it creepy it was all just like being honest and using your words and saying that you have romantic feelings towards someone, all of those things are okay. Even if it's not reciprocated, it's not, you're not wrong for doing that and trying. I think the reason why you're hitting on that point is because as queer people, we are often led to believe, I think through social messages. And I think also through media messages that there's something like inappropriate about the desires of our heart, Mm, you know, that there's something that's sort of a deviant about, our behavior and who we are and who we are attracted to. And so sometimes when you internalize that, you feel like, oh, I I shouldn't have a crush or I shouldn't say anything about this because like I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. like I'm inappropriate. And I think that's a lot of internalized shame and queer phobia generally that we even have that thought. You know, I, I think that for a lot of like cis straight people revealing a crush and again, I'm not, not everyone that's written in, is queer by any means, but I'm just saying that generally, this is a generalization, um, cis straight people don't have that sort of hammered into your brains and hearts when you're so little that there's something like nefarious about who you desire and what you long for romantically or um, otherwise in this life. And I think that for queer people, that's pretty common. And that's sort of why I think you had that consideration yeah. just now, lady. Mm-hmm. So I there's a few really like creative and fun ones that I wanted to share. And then I wanted to end on like really happy ending ones. Oh, good. We love a happy ending. Yeah. Okay. So this one, this is actually from my friend from law school. It's so good. Okay. So she says, in high school, I bought someone a serenade. An acapella group at school found the guy and sang him a love song that I picked out. Here's the kicker. I had never even met this kid before. I just thought he was hot. Parentheses. He looked like Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. And that was my (laughs) thing. I found him after school and told him it was from me because I guess the serenade like didn't say who it was from. (laughs) I don't think he even said anything in return. Wow. She says, I have had way happier love stories since then, thankfully. Okay, but that's kind of his loss. Kind of his loss. Also, that's just like an iconic like high school rom-com moment. I'm really happy that I never had a moment like that. So I'm really happy for people who have because that's just such a good story. Can you imagine in 10 Things I Hate About You if Heath Ledger had like serenaded Julia Stiles and then she just walked away? Walked away. Actually, I can't remember. Maybe she did walk away. I haven't seen that movie in a while. I haven't either. We should rewatch yeah, it. We, should. we rewatched uh, You've Got Mail last night. And We're it was currently so cute. Uh, rewatching the Hannah Montana movie also, <laughs> just to let you know um, emotionally where I'm at at home right now. <laughs> okay, so this is a story about someone else revealing feelings to this person okay so they say we were all hanging out at a friend's place for movie night and we treated ourselves to kinder surprise eggs like kinder joy in the u.s but our toy is inside the chocolate egg and yes this is important i do know what a kinder egg is because i've gotten them when i've been traveling okay so 
this guy goes up to grab them while we're switching movies and passes them all out, the kinder eggs. I get a puzzle in mine. I put this puzzle together. The boy has asked me out via kinder surprise puzzle, which means he very carefully opened chocolate eggs till he found a puzzle, wrote the, wrote the message on the puzzle, and then very carefully melted the egg edges back together and rewrapped it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Did it work out? No. Oh no. <laughs> I said no. I was just figuring out that I also liked girls yeah. and I didn't want to date him. I, fair enough. But I think- But it doesn't seem as though it doesn't seem as though she thought that was like strange. I mean, also here's something else we should talk about. Not again as a generalization, when someone reveals feelings about you that they have, a lot of times it it kind of feels nice to be um desired or for someone to like reveal feelings. I know it can be uncomfortable if you mm-hmm. do not reciprocate, but if it's done in a respectful, you know, perhaps like creative way and the person is generous in allowing you to have the full spectrum of feelings whether that's yes or no back, then it really shouldn't be this um such a heavily charged sinking feeling you know i agree yeah um also this isn't necessarily like super creative i guess but i got a couple messages and i also feel like we kind of did this mm-hmm. about like telling mutual friends oh yeah that's a good one yeah that's, that's definitely that's what a I classic did. that's kind of what we did too because we both told our friend yeah um, that was before you wrote me the note. It was still kind of unconfirmed because I feel like when you hear it from a friend, you like never totally believe it. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, this person has a crush on you. And you're like, no, they don't. Yeah. But I mean, I think in the case of you and I, I literally did go up to Sarah and mm-hmm. I was like, I do have a crush on Lizzie. So just uh, do with that information what you will and I'll be waiting. And she literally told me the next day. Yeah. She was like, you know, Gra- you know, Grace from our class. I'm like, yeah, I think so. She has a crush on you. And then you were like, no, she doesn't. And then she had to be like, no, she took me aside. <laughs> it's not like a she meant she maybe mentioned something. She was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to tell you, I eyeball to eyeball, Lizzie Capel, point her out that one in the class, that one. Have yeah. a crush on her. <laughs> Let's do something about that. And then she ignored me for two weeks and I was convinced that it was never going to work out. And then she was like, oh, bad news. Lizzie's in a relationship. And I was like, oh, no. And then she's like, good news. Lizzie's gay. And I was like, what? <laughs> Darling, I know that you're nervous. Okay, so let's end on some really happy ending ones okay. that I just thought were nice. Okay, so this person says we were texting in the middle of the night before our first date. So I guess they had already expressed. A date was established. Yeah. Um, and I just couldn't wait until the next day, so I just told her I was in love with her. We had our first kiss the next day, and we've been dating ever since. I feel like saying that I was in love was less pressure than saying that I loved her. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, also, Earth Day is our anniversary, and every year we do something outside to celebrate each other. I love that. So cute. Okay, so... He he, my friend and I were sitting in my car. I, she knew I wanted to tell her something, but it literally took me 20 minutes to say it. I nervously stalled forever, then finally had to write it out on my phone. I said, quote, I don't know if this is a good idea to tell you this or what's going to happen after, but I want you to know that I definitely like you more than a friend. And she said, would it make you feel better if I told you that too? Three years later, we're getting married. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. I don't know why that story just hit me. I know. Would it make you feel better? Oh my god, It's so cute. Also, like... The tensions, high school. Okay, so I grew up in an area where, like, a lot of you could get your driver's license at 16. I guess that's common in some places, but not everywhere. And you can get your, uh, like, 
temporary driver's license basically at 15, which mm-hmm. I did. And then like the day I turned 16, basically, I got my license and was just like doing what, like, you know, going around by myself. That led to a lot of car tension. I have all your stories from high school are just all about like car tension, driving well, different places. I don't know if others can relate, but like growing up in the South, I feel like it's more common for kids to have cars and they're like old cars a lot of the time i had like this old ford explorer which i was very lucky to have but just don't don't have an image of me like driving around in like a bmw or something it was not that but anyway like i feel like it was very very common where i lived for kids to have their own car but it was usually like a hand-me-down from the family and this led to just a lot of um scenarios car scenarios scenarios. well congratulations to y'all that's a really really sweet story i know i'm so happy it worked out Okay, this one says, so my girlfriend and I met at a Christian missions organization in Australia. I'm already all in on this story. (laughs) And she was my staff. So technically my authority. Uh Spicy, right? Oh, gosh. Uh, From the first time I saw her, I remember having a huge crush on her. But of course, I couldn't tell her because that would have broken so many rules. So while we were there, we ended up becoming close friends and came out to each other. So after we got sent back to the States because of COVID, we started FaceTiming every night. And one night she was teasing me and asking me if I had liked anyone in Australia, to which, of course, I said no. But (gasps) But the next night I felt guilty for lying. So... I confess my the way I confessed my crush was by saying last night you asked if I had liked anyone and I said no and you asked if I had liked you and I said no but that wasn't true because I did and I do all in one breath and they're dating now oh my gosh first of all that plays out like an episode of television for sure that's the, that's the sort of story that I would like to see a film about you know what I mean like mm-hmm. they got sent back over I from know. covid they're yeah. at a christian camp together I mean, it just, it hits on everything I would like to see in my queer media. (laughs) Same. Okay, this person says, I once sat down at a Starbucks on my break, I guess they were a barista there, and told a man that I liked him and I'd like to see where it would go. He told me I had everything he wanted in a wife, but he wasn't ready to settle down. That man is now my husband 12.5 years ago. Wow. Wait, I I feel like I need a little bit more context for I know. that story. You just, how would this person be like, you have everything I, well, I'm looking I, for? They, did they just I'm meet guessing on they that already day? knew they each, already other. Knew each I'm other. I'm guessing okay. just because how would he know Maybe. if she had everything well, that like he wanted? like my dad says, when you know, you know. True, true. Um, actually, we should end with the story. I'll okay. read a couple more, but we should end with the story of your grandparents and parents. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they're such good stories. This will be my last story I'll read. I'm sorry if I didn't read yours. There's so many good ones. Okay, this one says, after months of texting almost constantly, I'm not going to read names, but anyway, blank, my now fiance, warned me that straight girls always fall for her. Little did she know that I identify as pansexual, and I was extremely offended to inform her that it's rude to assume someone's sexuality, (laughs) and she'd be lucky if I did fall for her. Well, the rest is history because by the end of the evening, we both confessed having feelings for each other. And then she said, took this from our wedding website. That's so cute. I know. Took this from our wedding website? Like, it's written kind of in third person, so I was butchering it a little bit, but yeah. I know. Okay, you have, I mean, I have good love stories in my family, too. I'm not suggesting that I don't, but they're not as cinematic, I guess, maybe, as your grandparents and your parents. So I think you should tell them. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't actually told these stories in a while. So I'm hope I hope I do them justice. This used to be one of my like favorite party stories because my grandparents are very cute. Um, Grace's grandparents are literally the best, and I don't have many living. I have only one living grandparent that I've had. Well, same now because Moby. Yeah, passed. same. That's yeah. true. Yeah. But anyway, since I was little, I've only had one living grandparent, and 
Grace's grandparents just like the from the first time I met them were like, we're your grandparents now. Yeah. So my my grandfather passed away um, about two, three years ago, something like that. And we miss him very much. And the story that he would tell me, I mean, I think as early, I, as early as I have memories, and I think, you know, probably the last time I saw him was about how he proposed and ended up with my grandmother. And it goes something like this, which is that he was, it was World War II times and he was on a ship with some buddies and they were pulling into a port where they didn't really know that many people, but a friend of his knew some girls in the town. And so he had arranged for them to all have sort of blind dates going into town to have a date night, go to the movies, something like that. So he gets off the boat at, I think like 4 p.m., 4 p.m., something like that. And he meets my grandmother and they go to the movies and they hang out on this like blind date with some other shipmates and some of her friends. And then they just really are hitting it off and they don't want the night to end. And so he's walking her home. She invites him in to her sitting room and they sit and they're just talking the whole night. And he makes her a fried egg sandwich because they're having a little midnight snack. And then he realizes that it's, that you know, time is going on and he needs to get back on his ship. You know, he doesn't have that long of a leave. And so he tells her at 4 a.m., so 12 hours after meeting her, he says, listen, this is probably a little cuckoo bananas crazy. And I think that's a direct quote. <laughs> um, but I'm in love with you and I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Will you marry me? And he gives her his address or how she can write to him. And he says, you know, you don't need to give me an answer right now, but just something to think over. And um, so he leaves, he gets back on his ship. And I think it was, you know, six months later, he hasn't received a letter from her or anything. He pulls back into the port and she's there waiting for him um, with a sign that says yes. And they got married and they were together for 70 five plus years and yeah he proposed 12 hours after meeting her and then every sunday for most of his life he would be making a fried egg sandwich uh for my grandmother and that was like his like his meal that was like his uh like signature Mm -hmm. dish or whatever getting a fried egg sandwich from moby which was his name was uh a real honor he was a very stand-up guy It's, like, truly one of the best love stories I've ever heard. I love it every time you tell it. Mm. And just for context, if anyone is, like, how on earth were they together for 75 years, they... Weed was 17. Yeah, she was (laughs) 17. 17. I mean, this was a long time ago when getting married at that age was more common. And it was World War II time, so he didn't know what tomorrow would bring. Uh, Weed, her, yeah, her name is Weed, sort of. Her name is... Her name is Edie, yeah. but Grace has called her Weed from a young age. She um, is in her mid-90s now. Moby lived to his late 90s, yeah. and they got married when she was 17, so that's how. And they- she just beat COVID, too. Yeah, she just yeah, She just beat COVID it. because, and I, I told her this as well, you just can't keep a bad bitch down. Yeah, truly. <laughs> she's, she's also um, uh, very proud of... Um, Lizzie and I, and she's also always been, and this is like, I think one of the coolest thing about my grandparents, not to say like no one's a perfect person, but something that I've always like admired about them is that they've always been like fierce advocates for the LGBT community. And I think actually like me coming out allowed us to have really cool conversations about her and Moby, her and my grandfather, just knowing gay people back when it was just fully like our existence was just fully illegal and like friends Mm -hmm. that they had and things like that so and then my parents got married three months after or sorry they got engaged three months after meeting 
Yeah. That's it. I mean, it's not as much of like a tale, I guess, with yeah. like the whole like, you know, break from war thing. But I just always have thought it was like so cool that so Grace's mom was proposed to three times before yeah. your dad. So yeah. three different men proposed to Grace's mom. Three she, different men were trying to uh, put a ring on it. She turned them all down. And then three months after meeting your dad, she was just like, when you know, you know. Yeah. Because I think he's a really nice man. He That's is. what we'd all. My mom would. I always have these memories, and this is going to be so cringy for people to hear. But I always have these <laughs> memories of my mom just being like. <laughs> Dada, nice man. <laughs> like that's what she'd always say. What is this voice? Just that's like, what she'd just say. She'd just say that like dad is a nice man, but she'd say it in like her voice that you say to like a little kid. We're mm-hmm. just like dada, nice man. That's the thing. He's a really my dad is a really nice guy. He He's just a really nice man and i think that you know my mom sort of knew that he was nice and they wanted the same things out of life and he's funny and they are just the funniest little like bickery little couple they're so funny they're just so like soulmates they're so married yeah (laughs) they're so married but they're really fun so those are two love stories from our lives if we ever are able to travel again, if we ever travel, it'd be really cool to bring the podcast on the road and Ooh. do sort of interviews with family. With family, that'd be awesome. Because I've never, I've heard Moby tell the story mm-hmm. about proposing to Weed, but I don't think I've ever heard Weed's side of. Things. I know I love her side. Like I really what, would. What love. did you think when he? Well, because I've always thought Moby was a very flowery guy, so I've always known that this story is so romantic. It's almost sugary sweet, and Weed is the realest of the two of them. So she'd probably be she'd like, probably. I I thought he was crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Weed was probably like, listen, like, I was desperate, but it ended up working out. <laughs> like, I was 17 at the end of my rope, and it was World War II, but he's a nice guy. Like, I yeah. don't know. I wonder what her side of it would be. I'd love to know. Because in his brain, he's the notebook. Do you oh, know what yeah. I mean? Like, in oh, his yeah. brain, he's just like, there I was, and I swept her off my feet, or off her feet, or something. <laughs> Maybe um, off his feet. Yeah, and, and what if Weed was just, like, honestly, like, him making the sandwich late at night was really loud. I was afraid he was going to wake up, like, the people I was living with. Mm-hmm. Like, I told him not to, and he still, you know, made it all the same because he was hungry or something like that. Anyway, love is a beautiful thing, and we hope that you have felt really loved every month, but especially this month of February, the love month. As a reminder, if you are feeling uh, so inclined, please email us at underourroofpod at gmail.com to get the spreadsheet, reach out to other house guests, see if you can make a connection, see if you can use any of these uh, stories for inspiration to let someone know that you have feelings for them. Yeah, we hope that you've enjoyed this little love themed series we'll be back next month with some other topics we're actually always looking for topic suggestions as well so you can always dm me or email us at under our roof pod at gmail.com but we do have some fun upcoming topics so thanks so much for listening and spending some time with us have a good rest of your week wherever you are and we'll see you next week bye bye for my sweet old-fashioned babe So come here, my darling.